Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to talk about a very serious topic, something we visited in the past over a year ago, almost two years ago now, so it's never never too often to talk about a topic like this. It's feline obesity, and my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn, is joining us today. Say hi, Dewey. Hi, Dewey. Oh, no, wait a minute. That was... <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, my love, my beautiful wife, and the host of this show. This is a very interesting topic. I mean, you do see cats when you go into somebody's house that looks obese, but, you know, you don't want to point that out. But, well, people you know, think it is- it's cute. That's the other thing. People think fat cats are, are cute. Yeah, I, I I get it. I mean, they're all over um, Facebook and YouTube and, you know, all kinds of different things. And, you know, I've seen, we've seen some, uh, that some people that we've known in the past that have had an obese cat and they die early sometimes. And then it's yeah. really hard for them to get around. I mean, they don't, they're not really active that I see. Most like a lot, a lot like people that we see they are obese like that. But let's start off with how do we know if our cat is obese? Is it like people where there's an unhealthy view of weight or is there another mechanism that shows that it's overweight? Because sometimes cats have this poochy belly looking thing that hangs down and maybe they're not really fat. Maybe they're not obese. <laughs> That's actually that poochy belly thing is called a primordial pouch. Oh, and yeah, it yeah. Is yeah. Excess skin in all cats do have it. They, you know, they people think, oh, I get my cat neutered, and then it's going to develop that little flabby tummy. Well, it's all cats have a little extra flabby skin because it helps protect their their all their organs and stuff if they're fighting. So that's a primordial pouch. I have one too. You've seen it. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> I do. Stop it. You do not. <laughs> but I don't think it's as much uh, unhealthy view of weight as an uneducated view of weight. 60% of cats are overweight in the United States. 33% are obese and 26% are overweight and that's a lot. That's that's a that's a problem. You know, there was a a study done that monitored cat vet appointments, you know, and an overwhelming number of vets didn't mention to the owner that the cat was obese. And when they did, they did it mockingly like like a joke, you know, as if they were uncomfortable to broach the subject. Wow, well, you know, um, well, it's not really easy to call someone's baby ugly, right? You don't want to go in and say, hey, what a fat cat you got there. (laughs) (laughs) True, but, you know, no one knows better than vets the dangers of obesity. So it it always, you know, surprises me that they don't address it 
that, at least in this study, most vets didn't bother to tell people that their cats were dangerously obese. But um, but anyway, before we dive into that, let me answer your, your first question. So if your vet doesn't tell you that your cat is overweight, um, you have to try to find that information out by yourself. And your cat, of course, will give you clues. There's If you can't tell by the shape of your cat, you know, usually there there's a lot of dander in obese cats. Their coats are more oily or spiky, spiky. They can't really reach to groom themselves back there on the top of their backs by their tail. So they have a lot of dander in that area. But there are several food manufacturers who produced cat body score charts that give a really good visual on, on what is healthy weight. Um, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people would be surprised at, at what healthy weight actually is in a cat. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine if somebody wanted to have that chart, you would uh, email it to them, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so all those listening, you can email molly at catbehaviorsolutions.org if you'd like to see the body score chart and compare your cat's body weight, which yeah. is you know, a you good can, idea. You can email me, molly, at Cat Talk Radio too, if that's easier, cattalkradio.com catbehaviorsolutions.org and I'd be happy to send it to anyone. It's a it's a cool chart. It's a visual scale from 1 to 9 with 1 being too thin and 9 being too heavy and it gives really good visuals, you know, from the top looking down on your cat and then from the side and and good descriptions too. You know, you're pretty experienced at going into people's houses and, and um, you, you do a lot of consults. You do a lot of work at shelters. I mean, you do a lot of work in that world. Where and how many cats do you come across who are obese? Do you see them more in homes or more in the shelters? or? Oh, both everywhere. I, I come across quite a lot, actually, and probably more than 60%, to be honest. And and I always bring it up. I, I'm not afraid to call the baby ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly I try to be kind. You know, I, I really do. I try to be kind when I bring it up. But mostly what I see are are soft bodies, kind of what I call carb bodies. And when I tell people, you know, that their cat is, is overweight and it's serious and we need to have that discussion, I'll usually tell them, you know, your cat has a, a carb body. You know, cats are, are meant to be lean, muscular creatures. And, you know, when we feed dry food only diet or dry food mostly diet, they tend to get round and soft. You know, so here's here's the big issue that we got to dive into. So what are the dangers of having an obese cat? Well, they're pretty much the same as it is for humans. Um, of course, diabetes, heart disease, liver disease, some forms of cancer can come from, from that constant inflammation. Um, urinary disease, joint issues like arthritis, you know, because they're so heavy and walking around on those joints, it, it causes that. And, you know, the fat tissue is a, it can be a source of constant inflammation throughout the body and it can lead to all kinds of other diseases. You know, I guess that would make a lot of sense that you would see a lot of obese cats in behavior consults because, 
some of these diseases lead to behavior issues, right? Is that oh yeah. Good yeah, mm-hmm. litter box avoidance is the top of that list. And, you know, that's, of course, really common with diabetes and any kind of urinary issues. You know, and also I would say I see aggression as well due to pain from the arthritis. You know, aggression to owners as well as other animals in the home, both. So let's say someone figures out that their cat is obese, <laughs> which it won't be hard to do, I wouldn't think. It, it, well, it, you, you'd be surprised. I, I'll go into homes and I'll say, you know, your your cat is is overweight, and what are we feeding it? And and they go, really? Is he overweight? And they have no idea. And then when I show them that body score chart, they're just they're like, oh my gosh, it really is overweight, and it, it's kind of visually shocking, actually, to to look at it. You know, we should make one of those cutouts. You know, when you go to the airport and there's a little thing that is right next next to where you check in and the lady hands you your ticket before you go to the security line and it says, if your overhead luggage is too big for this box, then you should check it. (laughs) So you should have a cutout. If your cat cannot walk through this tunnel, (laughs) it could be obese. Here's your sign. In the in the shelter, we you know cats have two you know two kennels. They're usually two foot by two foot each, and there's a portal that joins them. And the standard size portal is probably I don't know seven inches, uh, maybe eight inches in diameter. And we've often had cats surrendered that won't fit through the portal, and that's really hard trying to find a place in the shelter to put the cat where the cat's got enough room. And, you know, and it's still a safe, comfortable place. So, yeah, it's a real, it's a real issue. You know, the bottom line to that story is if your cat is overweight, don't send them through the portal. (laughs) It's not a time portal. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a diet food for cats? Um, There are prescription diet cat foods, but I don't really recommend that personally. I mean, the best way... To get a cat's weight down is to feed it a species-appropriate diet. So what would a species-appropriate diet look like? That's a new one on me. (laughs) Well, it shouldn't be. I talk about that all the time. (laughs) So, okay, we're talking about any kind of species diet. What about Bigfoot diets? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's unknown, and that's a different... I know you'd much rather this be a Bigfoot talk radio show, but it's cat (laughs) talk radio. (laughs) Ah, okay, okay, okay. I'd have to ask you. You're the Bigfoot expert. But, <laughs> but you know, when you talk about species-appropriate diets, we got to think about what does that species eat naturally. You know, so like Bigfoot, is he eating berries and bark or is he eating people and, and wolves and stuff? Because cats, you know, they're going to eat birds, rabbits, rodents, lizards, and, you know, stuff like that. And, and they eat the whole carcass, by the way. And they get nutrition from every bit of that carcass, not only the bones and the organs, but also the stomach contents of the rabbits and the birds because they have pre-digested grains, which are the only kind of grain that's good for cats. So, so yes, a, a good commercially available raw diet is probably the absolute best thing you can feed your cat. Of course, it's also the most expensive, so a lot of pet owners don't opt to do that. 
you know, we feed Pico, as you know, primal raw food. You can make your own raw food at home, but you've got to be very careful because you've got to get just the right nutrients in there for them. You know, mostly you should just stay away from the dry foods that are really high in carbs. You know, feeding dry food is like sitting around and eating potato chips all day, which I would love to do, but I would have an even more carb body. I'd be a nine on that body score chart, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, you're a perfect 10 to me, my love. <laughs> well, thank you, my honey. <laughs> but I always say, you know, the worst canned food, and worst meaning, you know, with the cheapest, nastiest ingredients, cheapest canned cat food in the world, is still better than the best dry food out there. You know, a good quality moist food with lots of extra hydration is really what your cat needs. And should owners cut back on the number of meals uh, or size of meals, like a lot of diets? <clears throat> no, actually, it's just the opposite. And, and and it's, you know, you definitely don't cut back on the number of meals because, you know, in the wild, cats are eating 10 to 20 small meals a day, and most owners aren't feeding frequently enough. Cats really like to snack, and feeding fewer than normal meals actually makes them scarf up food and engorge themselves, stretching their stomachs and so that they overeat because they don't think they're going to get fed again anytime soon. So, like, if you, you know, a lot of people I talk to feed their cats twice a day, like dogs and it's it's okay to feed dogs twice a day they're they're used to that their their digestive system can handle it but if you feed a cat at seven in the morning and seven at night then it's gonna maybe be eating overeating in those meals because it's gone too long without meals i recommend four to five small meals a day so uh, during that time, how much do you actually feed your cat? Is it okay to follow instructions on the can? Uh, usually, yes. But if your cat is obese, you should really figure out how many kcals he needs to be eating in a day. And and that's going to change as he loses weight. So here's how you do that. If you're listening, pause this podcast and go get a pen and paper because this isn't going to be easy to remember. And you can always email me and tell me that you want the KCAL um, formula and I'll email it to you. But first thing you have to do in this formula is convert the pounds to kilograms. And you do that by multiplying 0.45 three, five for every pound. So for instance, if you have an 11 pound cat, which is about average, then that's five kilograms. Now the daily intake needed to maintain ideal body weight. So let's assuming that your cat is already, you know, a seven, a a six on the body score chart, and you want to maintain that ideal body weight. You take the kilograms times 30 plus 70. So in our example, we had 5 kilograms times 30 plus 70. That's about 220 kilocalories. They call them kcals per day. And that's about what you get in a can of cat food. 
you get a lot of them are 185 somewhere in there and that's probably close enough if your cat's underweight you want to feed them more now if your cat is obese you don't feed them that well if your cat's obese he's probably not 11 pounds so that's a bad example but if your cat's obese you want to give them about 70 percent of that so you would take whatever you came up with in your kcals let's say it's the 220 in the example times 0.70 and that equals 154 kcals so if you've got one of those cans that's 185 kcals you're not going to feed quite the whole can every day and you got to read the can labels if it's not on there you know call the manufacturer um in and you know usually it's about one five and a half ounce can per day spread over the four to five meals you know and another another off the top of your head method is about 60 kcals per kilogram of weight so if we use that formula as opposed to the times 30 plus 70 formula then that's going to come out with 300 kcals so that's going to give you a little bit skewed on the heavier side of kcals but between those two methods kind of figure it out and look at your cat and um and make that decision as to what's the how much you feed them and so the primary goal would be to get the weight off as fast as possible is that right or more slowly oh yeah no not at all definitely not fast you've got to be really really careful cats need to lose weight slowly and they shouldn't lose more than about a half a pound a month so you know if your cat's a eight or nine on the on the body score chart which probably means that you know it weighs 18 pounds let's say and it needs to you know get down to 11 or 12 pounds to be a more healthy weight you know it's going to take a while and and don't worry that's okay stick with the formula of so if it's 18 pounds now and you're going to feed 70% of the recommended kcals for 18 pounds you know, as that weight comes off, of course, that amount that you feed them changes too. So you're kind of constantly reducing it until they get to the ideal weight. And then you go to that as well. And exercise plays a role in how much or how many calories they burn, does it not? Well, it does. And, um, you know, I, I, and the formula I gave too is a generalization and, and an average. So you got to really look at the obesity chart and consider the age of your cat when you decide how much to feed. Cats don't really need exercise to burn off calories, although it helps. You know, it, it's mostly about how much you're feeding and what you're feeding. What about the cat? who is not satisfied with less calories and starts begging all the time. Give me food. I get get that a lot. I get that a lot. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Yeah, I I get that. Well, he's following me around. He's meowing constantly. I can't stand it anymore. I'm just feeding him just to get him to be quiet and leave me alone. It's driving me crazy. I hear that a lot. And um, really, you've got to ignore that behavior. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard for us. It's hard for them. Your body gets used to consuming a certain amount of carbs and calories and things. And when you 
start reducing that, the body goes into panic mode and messes with your brain and makes you think you're going to die if you don't get more potato chips. But (laughs) one of the things you can do, I mean, I always say ignore behavior that you don't want to see more of. Because if you give in at any time and feed them when they're begging like that, well, they're just, that's just reinforcing that behavior and they're going to do it more often. So that's the first thing. Another thing you can do is what we call treat toss. So you'll need to get like a hard treat and a good one, you know, temptations and stuff like that. There's a lot of calories in those. And by the way, you need to look at the kcals in the treats, and that has to be factored into the total number of kcals a day. So if they're supposed to get, you know, 154 kcals a day, and you feed them 10 treats that are five kcals a piece, well, you got to take that off that. Then they're only getting 100 kcals a day. So be careful with the treats. Consider that in the overall picture. But you can do treat toss. You you toss a treat across the room, skid it across the floor, and the cat goes tearing off after it. And so it's getting some exercise. It's probably burning at least some kcals, you know, rather than just sitting there and gobbling them up. It's, it's kind of like foraging. It's a little game. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm what do about that the I'm going to start hiding my own food. So. <laughs> there you go. In fact, that brings up another question. What about the people who feed their cats people food? Is that contributing to the obesity? Yeah, absolutely. And it can be dangerous. I mean, there's so many human foods that are toxic to cats, like like onion and garlic. You know, you wouldn't think of that. And, and so many things have onion and garlic seasoning on the foods. And there's lots of things to avoid, kind of like plants. Between the plants and human foods, there's a lot of toxicity out there that cats can get into. So it's really best to just, you know, other than now, I will make an exception here. I, I, you know, we feed Pico um, turkey, deli turkey, and it's low sodium, no seasonings on it. You know, all it is is premium turkey breast. And, and we'll put a little bit of that on top of his food as a food topper. But other than that, um, I don't really feed them. You know, we might do some tuna juice, or if we do canned chicken, we're going to do chicken salad. We'll put the drizzle the juice from that onto the food. But read the ingredient labels carefully. If there's onion or garlic or anything like that in there. Any other seasonings? Just don't do it. You know, it's it's really best to just stick to quality canned cat foods or a raw diet. Either one. You know, people people really think that their cats eat the same food they do, but it's it's just not good for them. And, you know, it's it's okay for dogs. Dogs are omnivores, you know, it means they can eat lots of different things. They could almost live out of a trash can, but not cats. They, again, they have a real delicate digestion system that has been, hasn't changed much over evolutionary time. And it's really designed for a species appropriate diet. And um, the best thing you can do is raw food, but be careful in your choices there, too. Um, like I said, a commercial raw food's the easiest and the best. We like primal, frozen, and the little bricks. And I feed mostly rabbit. And um, I feel like that's the best thing that we can do for our cat. Well, that's really good. A lot of great information again here. And I'm glad that we've learned uh, to not cop. Some kitty's ugly when we go in and see that they're obese. And we'll, <laughs> we'll leave that up to them. And 
I'm designing already a new portal for them to be in. So can, a bigger portal. Bigger portal. So that <laughs> we'll, way, if we'll you're call it the fat cat portal. And you want to push it through a portal? Well, then we can we can make it happen. We will just make the portal bigger. <laughs> so the, thank you for another great episode. I'd like to invite all of our listeners to help support the work Molly does. She provides these resources for free. She works many behavior cases for low-income families and does just about anything she can to keep the cats out of the shelters. So if you also care about the plight of shelter cats, consider sending us a gratuity donation. It's super easy. Just go to the store, Cat Behavior Solutions website. Scroll down past the products to the bottom. There's a donation amount you can add to your cart, and then you can... Well... You don't scroll down past the products. Stop and get some fun <laughs> stuff for your cat. <laughs> you can do that too. Yay. <laughs> we got great toys. We got wand toys. We got the world's best wand toys. We have one with a, a big puffy feather head and 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 we've got one that's got long fleece ribbony things and they always like to have more than one. They're very affordable, and that'll help with a little bit of exercise. There's catnip bags in there, these bags that are just stuffed chock full of catnip. And there's free shipping on orders over $49. So, And, and the donation amounts that are there below the products are in lots of different quantities. So um, send what you can. It's appreciated. We certainly uh, don't get paid. This is an all-volunteer-based podcast that is here to help you take better care of your cat and increase that bond between the two of you. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the is number, the number one, one cause of cause of death, of death in cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. Yes, indeed. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.